church family. Come on, give Jesus a round of applause. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Let's get ready to worship him.
turn to your neighbor and say, God, say, God is so good today. And you, you can go ahead and be seated. Oh, what a great day of celebration. Man, we cannot wait to see all that God's going to do in your life during this time today. I'm just believing for great things. And uh, we always start with celebration because Jesus is alive and well, and uh, he's alive in us. Well, I want to take a moment to give it up for all those who are joining with us for the very first time. Can we give it up for it? Come on. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. We want to make you feel right at home. And right after this service, we've got a special gift we'd love to give you in our guest reception. It's out these doors. And before you hit the last set of doors before you leave today, you just make a left and you'll see a big guest reception sign there. That room is waiting for you. Some of our leadership team will be there ready to greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. And hey, if you'll do us a favor, take the connection card that's in the seat pocket in front of you and go ahead and fill that out. Let us know the information you feel comfortable with us having. And listen, we're not going to uh, storm your house or uh, blow up your email or anything like that. We just want to get to know you a little bit better. And uh, if you're tech savvy or you're watching online, you can use that code there, uh, the, the QR code, or you can text D1 text to 84576, and that'll give you the electronic version of that. But we just want to get to know you better. Hey, listen, I want to let you know some things that are coming up. We've got life groups that are on their way, and uh, this is an opportunity for you get to get to know people in a better way. I understand, listen, coming into a sanctuary at 10 o'clock on a Sunday, you show up, you worship, you hear the word and you walk out. It's hard to get to know people in this context, but the context of relationships is a biblical model. And we want to help you do that through small groups. If you want to be a life group host, if you want to be a small group host, you say, Mark, I'm not the most brilliant or I don't have the whole Bible memorized. Hey, that's not what this is about. It's about building relationships. And we've got all kinds of different groups that we've had through the years. We've had motorcycle groups. We've had coffee groups. We've had basketball groups. We've had golf groups. We've had Bible studies. We've had book studies. But if God's just churning in your heart to really make a difference and build connection in relationships, we would encourage you to sign up to be a life group host. You can do that on your way out there or uh, in the lobby or choose to use that QR code today. And that'll give you access to that. Also, freedom groups are about ready to happen. Come on, give it up. All those who've been involved in freedom groups, you know what they do. They make a difference in all of our lives. And we go deeper in our faith. This is an opportunity for you to do that. You can sign up out in the foyer. If you've not been through one of those freedom groups, I would really encourage you to do so. Listen, I went through it. It was a life changer for me. And I've been, uh, man, I... I was so uh, spiritual. I was born on a Sunday. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, I, like I've been in church all my life. I grew up in ministry. My parents were in ministry. But I can just tell you, after all these years of knowing the Lord, there was something sweet and deeper that went through Freedom Group. So I'd encourage you to get connected and get signed up. Another thing that I want to invite you to be a part of is not just life groups and Freedom Groups, but Grow Track. Listen, we already went through week one, so there's two more weeks on Wednesday night. But if you've not been through that, listen, this is your opportunity. We can give you a, a video to go back and check out what happened in week one. Uh, but this is your pathway toward membership and ministry here at Dothan First. We want you to find out and figure out your divine design. 
So make plans, put it in your cell phone right now to show up on Wednesday night at 6.30 for our grow track and we'll help you with that. You can sign up or let us know you're coming, that'll help us. But if you don't tell us, you can still show up. We just wanna make you feel a, a sense of connection. Also, you can use that for child dedication or baptism. And we're about to celebrate a baptism right now. And uh, so would you take a moment, turn your attention right up here to the baptistry and give it up for our baptismal candidate today. Come on, everybody put your hands together and celebrate. Good morning, Delta First family. We're so excited to take our next steps in scriptural obedience through baptism. And uh, one of the verses that we like to read over, uh, read during this time is Matthew 28, 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And as I was telling Teresa today, uh, baptism is an outward confession of an inward commitment. And so uh, there's a little bit of nervousness and uh, as expected. And I told her today is just more of a conversation. But I want to tell you a little bit of Teresa's story before we ask you some questions. Uh, I met Teresa at Wild Honey, and I subliminally tried to invite her to youth because I thought you were younger and uh, <laughs> didn't know she was a young adult. But um, I was trying to get her to come to the church. But during that season, I didn't know that God was actually doing something in her. And so uh, during a, a season of loneliness on a Facebook group, a mother's Facebook group, uh, someone invited her to our church. And she's been coming now for three months. And she said, the moment is, yeah, give it up for her. So she said when she started her first Sunday, she said it just felt like family. So we're so glad that you're here, that you're a part of our family. And uh, today, Teresa, if you'll step forward a little bit, we just have two questions we're going to ask. And the first question is, do you love the Lord with all your heart? I do. Will you promise to serve him for the rest of your life? I do. Awesome. All right. Well, upon your uh, confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, come on, give it up for Teresa, everybody. Woo! Congratulations. Hey, what a day of celebration this is. And listen, this weekend we had a special opportunity where we were able to go out and serve our city. And I know some of you were there serving and some of you were praying for those that were serving. But we had an amazing time to be the hands of Jesus extended to our local community in five different specific projects around the Wiregrass area. And uh, would you just turn your attention to the screen as we kind of showcase a little bit about what happened yesterday. It was an amazing day.
Come on, we're making a difference. We're making a difference. Amen. Amen. And uh, listen, today it's such a joy to be able to represent the Lord and His love for people in a tangible way. And today you may have come in here with some challenges and some struggles of your own, and you just need to be ministered to. Well, right now, I'm going to invite our elders to make their way toward our various stations of prayer. They'll be stationed back by this exit sign here, this exit sign back here, and up in the balcony. But they're there to serve. These are elders and prayer partners that are ready to come alongside you in the journey of faith. And so we're going to believe God for miracles in the house. Now, as they're getting set, I want to let you know this is the opportunity where we worship God both in song and in giving. So listen, if you've come prepared to give, you can see the five ways to give up on the screen. How many have been blessed by the Lord this year and you just want to say thank you to Him, right? Well, this is out of that overflow. The heart of sacrificial giving is overflow where we say, Lord, you've been so good to us and we want to reach the world. And on behalf of the over 60 missionaries and missions works around the world that come back and say thank you for your support faithfully, we say thank you. You're making a difference in this world. You can see, as I said, the five ways to give and you can worship on the way out if you've come with a, a check or you can use the giving envelopes and just use those giving boxes on the way out by the doors and worship on the way out. But I wanna take a moment and pray over you and your family as we go into this time of giving and worship that we would just recognize the bigness of God. And that may, uh, there's some school teachers in the room going, you could have used a different word for that. I, I know you're back in school, but th there's such a great and mighty God that overwhelms us that when you compare him to your problems, your problems seem pretty small. We're gonna take a moment though and pray because I know some of you, you're walking through needs and you need a special touch from the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to give and to serve and to worship. And now I pray you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. I pray you would uh, help families and homes and businesses and those that are entrepreneurs and Lord, those that may be struggling during this season. Lord, I pray you would go above and beyond and do what you do best. Be Jehovah Jireh as you are the Lord, our provider, and we'll be sure to give you the praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray it all. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up and worship with us, and you can slip out from where you're at and go receive prayer from our stations of prayer today.
posture of our lives, Lord, continuous submission and humble gratitude for who you are and all that you do, Lord. We worship you today. You are worthy of it all, God. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. to be in the house of the Lord and that you love Jesus with all your heart. Come on, can you just give God praise today? Amen. And while you're putting your hands together, give it all the, a huge round of applause for those that are joining with us for the very first time online. Can you give it up for them right now? Welcome. We are so glad that you're worshiping God with us here today. And if it's your first time connecting with us and you're in the Wiregrass area, we would love to connect with you. You just come on over and uh, be a part of this family of God here at Dothan First. We're so honored that you're connecting with us from wherever you're at. We want you to feel right at home here in the house. And there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord. And today, I cannot wait to celebrate in uh, this series. We're kind of in a health checkup series. So I want to, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just carefully thinking, should I have everybody like check your pulse right now, like do your health checkup. But we're going to talk about healthy relationships. We're going to try to get to the root of some of the areas that you may be struggling with, some of the challenges you may be facing. And listen, for some of you, you've been in a relationship now uh, with your spouse for 40, 50 years, and this might be a health checkup, just like you need to get the oil changed now and again in your car. Uh, look, I don't know about you, but you might have some miles on your relationship. Come on, somebody. And some of those miles may have been some rough miles. Come on. So we need to get, make that, that we want the, this whole relationship aspect of your life to be filled with the joy of the journey because Jesus is your source. So you can grab your copy of God's Word. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll gladly get a Bible into your hands. You can follow us on the YouVersion app of the Bible today. We've got our notes there. But take out your Bibles, and if you would, just repeat out loud after me. Say, this is my Bible. <laughs> I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can become all that it said I can be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word. 
because I love his word. Now just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look pretty good today. I don't know what you did, but you look good. Your hair's looking good. Makeup's looking good. Outfit's looking good. (laughs) One of the things that I love about this journey of faith is the challenges that we walk through when it comes to moments where our Christianity is put to the test when it comes to relationship. Uh, Michelle and I, as many of you know, we had a season where we got away and put a real emphasis on our health in every way, uh, spiritual, emotional, relational health, physical health, and we did these doctor visits. We're doing follow-up doctor visits, and again, I'm one of those guys where if it's not broke, you know, you don't have to worry about fixing it, so the idea of even going to the doctor, like, why? If I feel good and, uh, you know, try to eat right, exercise, drink plenty of water, get you know, good rest, uh, have a healthy attitude, have a biblical concept, like all these things guide my life, but I just knew I needed to just go get blood work. I'm, I'm getting a little older now. And, and so we've, we've done all that, but you know, when they find that something's wrong, but they can't figure out the source, often these doctors will do what's called a body scan. Or even a CT scan or some kind of a CAT scan and, and or a MRI just to try to figure out like what in the world is going on? Can we figure out the root or the source of the problem? And so today we're going to talk about relationships. And I think the timing is right. Coming out of summer months but into a new school year, it always seems like things are chaotic. Uh, the kids are always wanting like the new school outfits and you pay on credit card and now you've just gotten the statement back and you're wondering how you're going to be able to pay for it. And um, it seems like in the summer months, I don't know what it is, but for some reason relationship conflict goes through the roof, crime goes up. I think it's just the heat. It just, like, it just makes me want to hurt somebody when you, like, you know, when I'm in a cool and calm place where the air conditioning's blowing and everything's nice like it is in this room, it's kind of like, I don't know, a little softer, a little nicer, everything's kind of nice, but have you ever found yourself when the air conditioning breaks or you're in a place where there's no AC and all of a sudden you're irritated for no good reason? You're just like, you know what? I just don't like you anymore. I don't, you know, and they're so nice and they're wonderful people, but we just start to get a little on edge. And I began to think about, well, what type of relationship do I want to tackle today? I mean, we've talked about friendship health and we've talked about marital health and we've talked about parent-child relationships and all of that in different seasons and in different series here at Dothan First. But I figured I would just like go after all of them today, okay? So if you, listen, now some congregations are just not as intelligent, intuitive, and connected as you are. And so I'd have to break this up into like a five-part series, but because of the intellect, because of the downright uh, intuitive nature, because of your IQ and your EQ, I believe that I can get through this in one day, in one message, and if you listen fast, I'll talk fast, and you'll, listen, you will be so amazed at what today the Bible and God's Word will show you, right? Not just God's Word from His, from, from the Bible, His book, but also when he speaks directly into your spirit. And I may say something today that resonates so deep in your soul that you're like, hey, we got to make some changes. That's what I'm believing for today. 
So as we cover all this, I don't want to just tell you, you know, the, the ideas and the, the, the theological concepts. I want you to have some action steps that you put feet to your faith and begin to apply them to your daily life. The first thing we need to start out with is the foundation is that God has this divine order. And in his divine order, he felt like relationships were important. At the beginning of time, you can see Adam is in this beautiful garden with all this wonderful stuff. He's got access to everything in a perfect environment. God looks at him and says, man, you're alone. You need someone to do life with. You need relationships. And so God designed relationships that two would be better than one. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I want you to look at this with me or you can turn or, or uh, in your Bibles or look on the screen with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. Two people are better off than one. All right. Keep that on the screen, but I just want to talk about that for just a minute. Some of us have to change our mentality about this because this is totally counterculture. We live in a society that just celebrates individualism and we're self-made and self-sufficient. We can do everything ourselves. We celebrate individuality, but God's word says we benefit through partnership and collaboration. God's word says we need it. It goes on to say two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. How many of you want to be successful in life? Come on. Okay, five of you. Great. Okay, here... I'm just kidding. I saw more than five hands. I'm just getting you warmed up here. We want to be successful. Well, if we want that, here's the reason why he says divine partnerships are important. Here it is. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help him. But someone who falls, here's the word, alone. Everybody say alone. alone. Is in real trouble. I saw this little documentary I can't remember if it was Discovery Channel, but uh, it was this lion that was uh, out in the Serengeti, and he was crouched down real low, and you could barely see over the tall grass. You could barely see him. But all of a sudden, I, I don't know what it was, if it was gazelle or antelope or whatever's in the Serengeti, uh, it was just, you know, these very fast animals out there in the Serengeti, and, and they're all kind of running in a pack together, all of them. Just kind of, and, and they were grazing and talking like, you know, what animals do, whatever they do. They just, and then they look at each other and they, you know, it looks like they're talking to each other. It looks like they're hanging out. They're in their group, right? And, and all of a sudden you can see like the leader of the pack, he's doing the, and all of a sudden he's like, and he's like, he can sense something's going on. So he starts to move and some of the others follow along, but there's always, and if you've ever seen these documentaries, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, there's this one little straggler and you, and if you're a watcher like I am, you already feel bad because you just know the outcome. Like you know what's about to happen. And that straggler, maybe it's wounded or it's just like, you know, it doesn't seem to have any friends. You know what I'm talking about? Look, I'm trying to make this better for you to understand, Okay. This is your life for some of you right now. Come on. You feel out of the pack. 
You're not as aware as you used to be, right? You may, you may have just moved to Dothan and you, uh, or may have just come to this church for the first time or you've just started a new job. Something's new about your situation and you're just not running with the pack like you used to. Or maybe it's post-COVID like hangover where you're just like, you, you're so used to the social distancing and you used to be outgoing and used to be all in and used to hang with the group and you'd eat with the group and talk with the group and hang out with the group and laugh with the group and now now all of a sudden it's just like you've got some disconnect in the relationships and you're like that that straggler and the bible says that uh, that the enemy the devil he 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 goes around like a roaring lion like creeping around just waiting to devour one of us that's alone and friends let me tell you this right here we're going we're gonna to stop these casualties, these Christian casualties, by building relationship, whether it's small groups, whether it's connections in prayer, whether it's going out to eat. Friends, I just want you to know there is a crisis right now in our world of loneliness, and we have the hope in Jesus Christ. We've got to build the relationship. We've got to stop all of this crisis and make an inroad for relationship. You've got to make time. The risk is so worth the, because, because, or the reward rather is so, so worth it when you, you just put the risk out there and you go, okay, I, I believe that I can do this. But culture just says, just be alone, do your own thing. Bible says we're better together. God created and wired us to be fully connected. Matter of fact, to be fully connected to God's purpose, it's done in relationship with him and with others. And there's this different symbolism of the body parts working together that God uses throughout the Bible. And so today we're gonna kind of do this spiritual CT scan or MRI or whatever. We're gonna kind of do a neck up, check up, if you will. And I'm gonna use the, the different parts that are right here on our head to help you figure out what's wrong with your relationships and how you can solve them. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse five. I like this. It gives us an example of the idea of the symbolism of the body parts. It says, in Christ, we who are many form one body. And he doesn't say each of us are disjointed or each of us are individualistic. He says, each member, look at this, belongs to the others. Like, I'm here for you. You're here for me. We're here together to make a difference in the world and to build unity among one another and to build relationship with each other. When we say things like, you belong here, what we're trying to talk about is the establishment of healthy relationships. See, th let me tell you this, you were not born, created, and designed to show up at church each week and uh, you, know, you sit in the same spot with the same seats, you smile at the same people, not at the same people on your way out, and you come and go, and it's almost as though you're familiar strangers. I mean, some of you, you know the barista at Starbucks better than you know the person that's sitting right on your row. And look, the Starbucks baristas, if you're here, God bless you. You're draining our bank account with people that have problems. <laughs> I knew I was in big trucks. I'm not a, I'm not a coffee drinker, as you know, because I'm a Christian. And um, I'm just playing, y'all. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I knew I was in trouble because I don't go to Starbucks with Michelle very often. But I, I pull up at the Starbucks and she is giving her order because it's a uh, vanilla, uh, small, tall, vente, green, pink, orange, and blue, double, triple shot, cold, nitro, We are so bougie. Come on, somebody. What are we doing? Just get your coffee and go. What's your problem? Three pumps of this, two shots of that. Y'all got problems. <laughs> but I knew I had a problem in my home when we pull up and she's just talking like to the person, not at the window, but just at that, that little drive-through computerized, right? She, she's like, I mean, she's talking into the, the ver, proverbial clown's mouth there, you know, at the, and, and she's, she says her drink and immediately they, hey, Michelle, hey, we, like they know her voice. Mm-mm, mm-mm, don't even try it, girl. Don't even try it, girl. She's trying to preach from the front row. Mm-mm, girl. And then they come, she comes, she drives through the window. Hey, it's Michelle, everybody. Woo! I'm like, Lord, have mercy. What have we done? But listen, for, I think that's amazing because she's actually been a great witness in this city to a lot of people uh, in Starbucks lines. And come on, recovery, recovery, recovery. <laughs> I mean, a witness for Jesus in the Starbucks. Come on. <laughs> Let's move on to the body symbols that have been given as it relates to the church. You know, the Bible talks about the transformation begins with the renewing of your mind. So what I'm trying to explain to you is you've got to change your thinking about relationships in this city and in this church, in this region with your family, with your friends and coworkers. You gotta change your mindset from the idea that, oh, here we go again, I gotta make a way to like give of myself in a relationship. No, you need it more than you know. You gotta be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's start with the mind, by the way, at the top. Start with the mind. Philippians chapter two, verse five talks about this idea of having the mind of Christ. It says, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. So starting with the mind, God gave us a mind to have understanding. Look, you'll never be able to know me in every facet because you didn't grow up with me. You don't have the same background, the same educational experiences, the same relational experiences. Like we can get to know each other, but it's going to require some understanding on your part to really know me. It's going to take some time and development, especially even in a marital relationship, because through the years you begin to change, right? Your, your interests or your hobbies or, uh, or the deepest part of who you are, There's, you, you mature, you grow, and you have to, like if you're on a motorcycle and you're on the back of a motorcycle hanging on to somebody, look, you got to turn when they turn, Right? Uh, that's a relationship right there. That, you got to turn when they're turning. You got to lean into relationship, especially in the turns. 
But here's the problem. If we don't start with this mental commitment in our mind to say we're better together, then we end up stopping. Instead of stopping and talking to people, we just keep blowing through life and we live life alone. Friends, there's married couples in this room. Man, they look so great on the outside and man, hashtag relationship, hashtag goals. They, everybody would look at them and say, on the outside, everything's going great, but internally there's this struggle, a lack of communication. And even in the marriage, they feel alone. Friends, there's people in this room, uh, there, there's, there's teenagers in this room that in a crowded room, they still feel alone. Because even in their schools, they've built superficial relationships. The, everything's on the surface. Even the compliments they receive is just about the outfit or the way they look rather than who they are and what they really have inside of them. There's men possibly in here, a man in here that, uh, man, he, he so wants to have a relationship, just doesn't know how to, to have connected relationship and maybe there's a, a secret struggle that he's been battling or dealing with and every time he goes to that secret struggle all of a sudden the, the the fight comes in because now he's ashamed and embarrassed and there's no outlet to communicate with someone else and have accountability and building relationship and, and the fear that they may be misunderstood or judged and so they don't share it with anybody and they're stuck it's like the Serengeti that wounded animal that's at the back of the pack Nobody knows and they feel alone like in a crowded room like this. Or a lady that uh, it's just like every time she gets alone, the spiraling thoughts, it's always downward spiraling, whether it's about herself or her situation, it just seems like every time she's alone, it's just like the enemy has a heyday. It's a constant battle. And these are all secret struggles. And friends, what we have to do is unearth these challenges and the patterns that we've created so we can deal with them effectively and biblically. So we can help you grow. You need one another. We need each other. The Bible says that, you know, if you confess your sin to God, you'll be forgiven. If you confess it to one another, you'll be healed. Why? Because there's beauty and healing and accountability and relationship. And that's why we've got to create a culture, even in this church, where, there, where gossip is non-existent. Like even in, uh, under the guise of, you know, we, we wanted to have a prayer meeting about you <laughs> kind of a moment. I'm talking about total confidentiality where they know, hey, listen, you can share your struggle and I'm going to share mine and we're going to get vulnerable. And then we're going to pray together about this thing so that we can be healed and move forward and let God do what only he can do. What's the first thing that happened with Adam in, and Eve in the garden when they sinned? Immediately they're, they're hiding. Friends, we can't hide. There was a study done not too long ago uh, where they put uh, isolated men and women individually in rooms and all they were required to do is just think for one hour in a separate room all by themselves. And, and men honestly had the superficial, like the, you know, they thought about just three things for an hour, sports and sex and sandwiches, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, uh, you know, and, but the ladies, listen, the women had a unique perspective. Almost all of them just simply relived and reflected on previous conversations and what they could have said, should have said, would have said. Spiraling thoughts. Let me ask you, does anybody really know you? Does anybody really know you? I'm talking about really know you. 
Because if there's not people in your life you really know or that know you, you're not really living, you're just existing. You're not living the way that God designed you to live. And again, that's why we're creating freedom groups and small groups and opportunities for you to build relationship. But it starts right here in your mind. You got to be convinced, hey, we're better together. That's God's design. Other people make me better. We're wired for relationship. And friends, you need to cultivate a relationship with God and with others. Learning to love God and love people, right? Second, let's move from the mind down to the eyes for a minute. Everybody just point at your eyes for a second. Okay, just for a second. Okay, you need to be able to see what you could be. See what could be. Matthew chapter 6, let's look at it together. Verse 22 and 23, your eye is like the lamp that provides light for your body. When the eye is healthy, everybody say healthy. When the eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. Okay, I want you to take like 30 seconds or maybe 10 seconds. Okay, let's make it short. Just close your eyes for like 10 seconds. Just close your eyes. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, now open your eyes. Okay, it, it was harder to see with your eyes closed, but that's some of the way that you're walking through life. You've got your eyes closed to the things that are valuable and important, the building of relationships, seeing what could be, you've got your eyes closed to it. Healthy relationships, see what can be. Friends, it doesn't take much intelligence to point out things that are wrong in a relationship, but can you see something greater, something bigger, something better? Can you see what can be? You can judge the quality and the depth of a relationship by asking, do I have people in my life that see things about me and can be honest? Look, I got I to gotta just stop and say this. True friends are the ones that if I have something like hanging out of my nose, they tell me. I'm serious. How could I have two eyes and not see what's happening right in front of my eyes at my nose? But real friends are looking, hey, dude, seriously, man, you got to, mm, just, here's a tissue, just take care of business. Like, seriously, real friend. that's real friendships. Our eyes don't always see what others see. And the problem is, is that we don't have, po- have proper self-diagnosis. Sometimes we have poor perception. I've had relationships, deep ones and sometimes difficult ones with family members and uh, friendships and, and people on our staff and uh, people in my own life, the, the board here at the church and accountability partners that I've had for like 30 years. And it's good, it's, it's helpful, right? Look, friends, if you don't have relationship, they're not gonna tell you if you're dragging toilet paper behind on your, on your shoe and you, everybody sees it but you. And nobody says anything because you don't have that kind of relationship with people. On the other hand, healthy relationships also, they, they don't even, they don't just point out like the difficult or the issues, right? The access to honesty also requires that you see what could be in their life, that you see beyond what they are to see what they could become. Right to have a healthy, positive outlook that we tend often to focus on inadequacies and failures instead of seeing the good or the potential for good. And healthy relationships have eyes to see what can be. 
Superficial relationships point out the obvious and what's on the surface, but deep relationships call out what's inside of us. What is there in, in a potential? And friends, I can just tell you, in all of my life, I can point back in the history of my life that people, certain people in my life saw something in me I did not see, and because of what they said, I became what they said I could be. They believed in me. The problem is people often define relationships by their problems, not by their potential. Most of us here could point back to somebody in our life that saw something good in us. So let me ask you, how often do you look for people's potential instead of their flaws? How do you see the people that are around you? Do you see what they can be? Take inventory, by the way, of all this. Just kind of inventory, like in my mind, do I, I, do I think, do I have the mind of Christ? Do I think like God wants me to think? Do I have the eyes to see what can be? Let's talk about our ears right here. All right, everybody, just kind of put your hands on your ears for a couple seconds. Okay, your ears. God gave us ears in healthy relationship to hear what's going on. In the book of Revelation, it goes over and over again, seven times for seven churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say. And by the way, it's over 60 times in the Bible. It's, if you have an ears, let them hear. It doesn't make sense. If you got ears, you can hear. What's the deal? Why does the Bible keep rehearsing and reminding us that, that we need to hear if we got ears? Well, the reason is, is because we get our ears stopped up with our own stuff. How many of you got, uh, you know, earbuds you put in every now and again, studying or whatever else, right? We, we tend to walk around life with earbuds. We don't hear what's being truly said. And the basic relationship rule is this. Nobody wants a relationship. Here it is. I don't even want to talk about this, but... Nobody wants relationship with a world-class talker. They want a relationship with a world-class listener. Somebody who listens. Most human beings, their number one desire, even though it's maybe unspoken, is to be heard and understood. We just want to be heard and understood. To know that somebody's there. And listen, talking to a good listener helps us express our opinions without feeling judgment. The Bible says if you want to win in relationships, you've got to be quick to listen. James 1.19 says it like this. Here it is. And this is, by the way, the message. This is a paraphrase of what's being said is, post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your what? Your ears. Follow up with your tongue and then let anger straggle along in the rear. Other translations say it like this. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Biblical wisdom in healthy relationships says we got to listen more than we talk. And listen, friends, love listens. You want to know what amazes me is how many of you know Jesus had all the answers all the answers to life's problems and issues. He was God in the flesh, right? 100% man, 100% God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, had all the scripture knowledge, had all the wisdom from the Father. He had all the right answers, and yet he asked more questions than he gave answers. I want you to really think about this for a moment. Jesus asked over 307 questions in his lifetime and only answered three directly. Think about that for a moment. Why in the world would Jesus let anybody talk other than himself? He's got the world's words of life. He's got the words of wisdom. He's got the words of understanding. He's the one representing the Father to us. He, he knows all, right? He's omniscient. 
Why would the omniscient God here on earth even let anybody else talk? And yet, love listens. For some reason, throughout this 33 and a half years of Jesus' life, it was like over and over again, he just wanted to hear what others were walking through, what they were going through, even their misperceptions. Do you know there were times where people had a misunderstanding of theology, and Jesus chose not to correct them, but to love them through their broken theology. The only time he really got mad was when he got connected with those who were religious but had no relationship with God and were pushing others away from God. That's when God got, I mean, the God in the flesh got real upset about that kind of stuff. But Jesus listened in. A recent study says uh, of non-Christians that 65% said the top quality that a non-Christian looked for in a person with whom they could talk about their faith and explore their faith is someone who would listen without judgment. Just listen. In order to build trust with non-Christians, the best way we can demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ is learning how to listen well, right? Meeting them where they're at. Ears to hear. Ears to hear says, you matter to me. I care about you. I care about what you're going through. I'm interested in what you have to say. And friends, listen. In my lifetime, I have a few verbal regrets, A few times where I just spoke too hastily, too loud, too quickly, said too much, too often. But I can just tell you, I don't have any regrets over those times that I've listened in love. I just don't. Instead of listening, what do we do? Most of us, we talk. We're master talkers. And listen, if you're not a world-class talker, you probably know one. As a matter of fact, put up your hands right now if you know a world-class talker. Come on, put up your hands if you know. Michelle, put your hand. Please put your hand down, Michelle, if you don't, don't, don't let the cat out of the bag. Okay, one more time. Come on. World-class, if you know a world-class talker. Okay, if you don't have your hand up, that means it's you. <laughs> you are the one. Okay. Think about it. Let me give you a few signs if you're speaking too much and you should be listening. When you're talking to somebody and the listener's eyes start to glaze over, like some of, you's are, some of yours are right now. <laughs> if you're talking, the listener gives you like this zombie look and starts drooling, you know, because master talkers, like they start talking and they don't stop. They're like the Energizer Bunny. They keep going and going and going. Literally, you could leave the room, go run two miles, come back. They will still be talking. Friends. If you're talking right now during this sermon, that's a dead giveaway that, I'm just kidding. Come on, I'm kidding. We need to do some self-assessment or ask a friend or a spouse, am I like that? Do I have a problem with that? And after you ask, if you interrupt them before they can answer, that's probably you, right? The goal is to listen in relationship. Some of you are in relationship with people... Friends, you've never even been able to finish a full sentence without them immediately like cutting you off, jumping in, answering. Like they'll get ahead of you so much in a conversation, they'll say the word before you get to say it because they just want to say it. They want to hear themselves say it. If you have a pattern like this, talking too much, not listening, that needs to be fixed because what's happening is you're disrupting the opportunity for intimacy and community and depth of relationship. Let me ask you a rhetorical question. For those of you that are master talkers, world-class talkers, rhetorical means answer silently. Okay, all right, here we go. 
right? Let me ask you this important question. Why do you feel that you need to talk so much? I really want to get to the root. Uh, you could say I'm sanguine or I'm this or I'm that. Why is it that you feel like you've always got to talk so much? Do you always want to be right? Do you want to sound smart? Is that masking insecurity? Do you have an issue with control? Do you like to impress or dominate conversations or put your spin on things? Do you have to convince people that you're intelligent? I want you to really think about this. Is there anything that you're masking? I'm not talking about personality traits. I'm talking about something that goes much deeper than that. And I'm going to invite our worship team to come as we prepare to close. James says in the Bible, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Why does he say that? And out of all the people that should have had access to verbal communication, it has to be Jesus. And yet, for some reason, he chose to show us what it was like to listen. Now, friends here today, I want you to know that I'm not suggesting you just keep your mouth closed and never talk. As a matter of fact, some people need to learn how to communicate. We have an entire generation that asks each other out on an app. They've never learned to like have the courage to like walk up to somebody, look them directly in the eyes. Matter of fact, one of the first things we taught our children at a very young age, especially uh, my son and me, we'd have conversation about job interviews when he was like six or seven or eight years old. Why? Because I want the guy to have a job, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a, and he's good at what he does. And, and so when he walks up to somebody, he knows, look him in the eye, firm handshake, communicate, connect, listen, Right? But, but there's something that's lost in this generation that we, we've lost the art of communication where we just look people in the eyes and go, hey, I care about you. Hey, I don't want you to be alone. Let me tell you something. The anonymity of the internet gives us access to loneliness like nothing we've ever known generationally. Because you can be talking to somebody over, well, you know, uh, while you're playing a video game and they're in some other country and, and you're right here. And that's, I'm, not, I'm not like downing that. I'm not saying you can't text, but can I just tell you, friends, when, it, when the word of God begins to describe the health of relationships, I wish that we would have had the kind of technology available back then so Jesus would have said, stop texting and start talking. <laughs> I mean, think about the way in which we communicate. Most of us, if you were it just closed your eyes this whole message, you would have missed body language. You would have missed facial expression, which by the way, those two things, it's like 70 to 80% of our total communication comes from just those two cues. One of the hardest things for children, little babies to understand was learning to, uh, to see and recognize facial expression because for about a year and a half, people were wearing masks. And so nobody, the, these little babies, did, they didn't see mouths moving and smiles and the kinds of expressions that we were used to growing up seeing. Friends, we've got to have relationship. And it's time for us to lean in and get close. And I'm believing over these next few days, God's gonna give you what I'll call divine appointments. 
opportunities for you to stretch your faith a little and flex the muscle that may have atrophied over time, that muscle called healthy relationship. And I, look, I know what it's like. If you, those of you that have gone back into the gym, started working out muscles, you haven't worked in 10 years or whatever, you get on that machine and, and you know, you push a few times or, uh, you know, pump a few, pump some iron for a second. And like, it, it's more weight than you ever thought you could. And, and then you go home and then for like three days, you're suffering with like, you can't move your arms or your legs or whatever. I get that. There's times where you have to kind of ease your way back in. But if you don't flex this, this muscle called real, healthy, verbal communication, seeing what can be, having the mind of Christ, hearing and listening to others, if you miss this, you'll live a lifetime and before too long, let me tell you something, your possessions won't be there at your deathbed and your achievements won't be beside you on your deathbed. It'll be those that you built a relationship with. They're the ones that'll be there. And at the end of life, after having achieved all kinds of success or gained all kinds of wealth with all kinds of possessions, you'll have missed out on one of the most important things that it all starts with relationship in four words, to love God, to love people. Let's pray about that today. Lord Jesus, in this room, I know that there are some who have been isolated. They feel so alone. Lord, I pray you, first of all, you would just, as the comforter by your Holy Spirit, just come alongside them right now. Wrap your arms of love around them wherever they're at in their, their life of relationship. Would you just wrap your arms of love around them? Just let them know you care. Let them know they're not alone. And furthermore, Lord, let us, I pray, as a church congregation, would we just open our arms to relationship? Taking the time to just get to know somebody, get to know their name, get to know their story. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. And Lord, I pray over marriages right now who have been struggling in communication gaps. Lord, they may be living separate lives in the same house. It's like two ships passing in the night because they've stopped looking at each other in the eyes. They, they sit down at a restaurant or at their own home and they're looking at a cell phone screen instead of looking at each other in the eyes. And they're missing that soul-to-soul -soul connection. Help them break that pattern right now in Jesus' name. Help us to lay aside the phones or whatever is uh, in our way to see what can be. Lord, I pray over parent-child relationships where there's just a, it just seems like they're, they're too, too diametrically opposed in, in, in the trajectory of their lives. I pray you'd bring them back together in Jesus' name. Bring wayward children back. Lord, for the parent that's tried to correct a child's behavior and all they know is angry words Lord help that parent to learn to listen to what's really going on in the heart of that child to see what can be Lord for the, the marriage that seems doomed and there's no hope I pray they could see what can be in Jesus name 
Lord, for those friendships that have been just, it seems like they're butting heads and they, they were friends for years, but something happened or something was said. I pray there be humility in that relationship right now in Jesus' name. Lord, for the relationship between coworkers or the, co the, the worker and a boss, I pray there be humility in Jesus' name. Let it start with us. And Lord, mostly, if there is a gap in the body of Christ, if there is a, a hurt or a wound within the body of Christ, Lord, within our congregation or uh, in our congregation with other believers, Lord, I pray they would use the Matthew 18 principle and sit down and see what can be. Give them the mind of Christ. Let them be transformed by the renewing of their minds. Right now, in Jesus' name, let them see what can be. And let them be listeners in love. Every relationship, Lord, in this room, begin to bring health and breathe life back in. Would you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment? There may be some in this room. You'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area. There may be those watching online right now and you've been listening to this message and you're thinking about your parent-child relationship or your spouse or uh, your co-workers, but right now you need to know the most important relationship is you and God right now. And you need to make that commitment to say, open your arms up to relationship and say, God, you created me and you love me. Now, Lord, come into my life and be Lord of every area. And if that's you online or in this room right now, whatever your battle, whatever your struggle, you'd say, Mark, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Listen, you haven't done too much and you've not gone too far that God's arm hit not so short that it can't reach down right where you're at and pick you up and put you on the pathway to grow in your faith and begin fresh. If that's you in any area, listen, I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I simply want to invite you into relationship or back into a committed relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to connect deeper. And if that's you in this room, I'm going to invite you while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you simply slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. Come on, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, over here in the back. Yes, toward the front. Over here. God bless you. Anyone in the balcony or main floor? I'm just kind of scanning. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? That's you today. Come on, it's just an acknowledgement before the Lord. I'm going to pray for you. I want to include you in that prayer. And heaven sees right now that commitment of faith. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I'd like for all of us to pray this prayer out loud together, but especially you who, who lifted your hands. I really want this to be a solid commitment to restore that healthy relationship between you and God through prayer. So I'd like us to pray this prayer out loud together. Everybody in the room, can you pray this out loud after me? Simply say this, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. I wanna be close to you. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up all over this house and give God praise and welcome the newest members in the family of God? Come on, let's worship together.
today before you go I want to pray a prayer of faith over you but before I release you I want to simply invite you into a connection to the next steps in the journey of faith if you just made a decision for Christ the next best step after salvation is making a dedication through baptism just like we saw today it's a celebration and I'd love for you to have a booklet. It's a downloadable copy of this booklet called One to One. It helps you grow in your journey of faith. And so you can text D1WALK to the number 84576. We'll send you a link for this downloadable copy. It's an uh, electronic version of this book that'll help you in the journey of faith that you're on. It's a free downloadable copy. And for those of you in the room that are struggling in relationships, as I said in a moment, I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna release some of our leadership team to head out toward our guest reception. We wanna make sure that those of you that are first time guests in the house receive a gift for hanging out with us. And please do stop by, bring the connect card with you, exchange it for a gift today. We just wanna to get to know you. I promise we're not gonna spend a bunch of time uh, you know, taking up the rest of your afternoon, but we'd be honored to at least get to know you a little bit. And, and one more thing I want to mention is, as I said, there's a number of signups for Freedom Groups, which is a connection for you to build relationship and go deeper in your faith and grow track. Listen, I know this is step two. We're on step two this Wednesday, so there's only two more classes. You didn't miss it. If you missed the first one, come back to, to session two and three this Wednesday. Set your alarm for Wednesday at 6.30 to be here. And I, I'm going to be there personally. I'd love to be able to connect with you and build that kind of relationship to help you grow in the journey of faith. Well, listen, I want to release you with this blessing. Can I do that? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, to your spouse, to your children and grandchildren, to your co-workers, to those in your sphere of influence, to those on social media. I bless you to be a blessing with the love of Jesus Christ overflowing. And I bless you with healthy relationships to be able to listen well to see what can be and to have the mind of Christ. I bless you to be a blessing to this city. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. Hey, get to know somebody beside you before you go. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>